So here's a quick turnaround uh, online gaming podcast, show number seven, mere three days after show number six finally made it on the air. Uh, it took me a little while, but uh, this is an early review of Spiel by Web. I had only played a few turns of each, so if I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about completely, it's because while I had played almost every game on there, um, I, I've only played a couple turns in each one. As it stands now, I'm recording this uh, five days later from the Spiel by Web review, and I've played almost a complete game in a, in a few of them, and I did get the Reef Encounter game started, so I hope you enjoy the review and enjoy the show. Thank you. Welcome to the Online Gaming Podcast for August 28th, 2006. This is your host, Kevin Devine. This week I'll be reviewing SpielbyWeb.com. SpielbyWeb uses a kind of a play-by-email interface whereby each person takes their turn or part of a turn and then the next player is informed by email that it's their turn. Um, It's a way to play longer games without having to worry about um, getting a bunch of people together and them all being online at the same time. Uh, it's a very good concept for some of the longer board games, and those are the ones that they uh, have or are trying to adapt. The registration for Spiel by Web is done through the PHBB interface, which is a this is a forum software. Uh, so you register for their forums at the same time you register for. Um, the site itself to play games. There's a lot of info that the PHBB registration puts up there that you can enter in. I found that uh, most of it's not required and a lot of it can be left blank. Just a username, password, uh, maybe your real name. I'm not sure exactly what's required, but I don't think you have to put in an address or anything like that, even if it does ask for it. You can have it log in in automatically. The login's up in the upper right-hand corner. Pretty simple to log in, log out. They have all the rules for the games they have online in HTML. uh, And there are notes that try to explain discrepancies, though uh, not all of them are up there. There are a few uh, subtle discrepancies, such as hidden things and not hidden things, or... Something like that. I, I noticed a post in one of the forums about uh, Amon Ray's card drawing or auctioning or something is not open, and in the actual game it's open, but uh, most of them are minor unless you're uh, a very serious player who is counting cards or you know pays a lot of attention most of these games are going to be played over weeks rather than uh hours so trying to remember the entire you know discarded cards unless you're taking notes i guess didn't didn't seem to bother me uh there are two types of uh, uh you can create uh you can create a game and you can make it open, which means there's no password associated with it, which means anybody can join your game. You can specify the number of players from the minimum to the maximum for the game. Uh, 
I, I created a game of each of the ones they have available, which I'll be getting to in a second. Uh, and I was really surprised at how quickly they filled up. Um, in, in two hours, I was able to start uh, almost all of the games. And the games they have available right now is Amon Ray, Bus, Hacienda, Hoity Toity, Reef Encounter, Tikal, and Wallenstein. And after two hours of creating a game, I had four players for an Amon Ray, four for Bus, five in a Hacienda game, four in a Wallenstein, four in a Hoity Toity, uh, though that went up to five, I believe, and three for Tikal. I eventually was able to get the uh, another person for to call, and I joined another game of Hacienda that somebody else had started that was open, and that quickly started uh, during the day. So in one day, I was able to start one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Um, I, w- uh, I had one person all day join the Reef Encounter game I set up. Uh, I was actually looking forward to playing that one as well. Um... But I'll have to wait. The only game uh, that I had played in the board game version is Amon Ray. I have seen Tikal, Hoity Toity, and Hacienda played, but never was involved in a game myself. Bus was a game I'd never even heard of until I saw it on there. Uh, the only game I'd seen from that company was Roads and Boats. So, so let's get on to uh, each one of the games. I haven't played many turns in the game, but uh, I've gotten through an entire turn in each one of the games so far. So the review is going to be a little bit limited on uh, some of the rules, but I want to. I'm reviewing mostly the interface. So, Amon Ray, nice graphics, looks like scans right from uh, the board and the cards. The cards, when you draw them, have a little question mark next to them, and you can roll over that question mark, and it will give you a little pop-up that tells you uh, what the card does. So if you forgot what Master Builder does or whatnot, they also mark what phase they can be used in. Uh, auctioning is done pretty easily. You put the piece down. If there's a dispute, you get it comes back to you again. Says you have to move. Otherwise, boom, boom, boom. Everybody buys a province. Um, our first turn, nobody disputed. Everybody took their province. Uh, I took the one that gives you twelve uh, money, whatever money is in Omnirea. I can't remember if it's gold or whatever. And uh, quickly built up two pyramids with that uh, using my master builder. And because I had bought up also three cards with all my money, and I got another master builder, so uh, might as well use one if I've got another one. Uh, the game of bus. Uh, oh, I'm skipping ahead. Uh, in in the Amon Ray game. Uh, the auction, well, not auction, but the offering to uh, Amon Ray going okay. Uh, the resolve, uh, it's it's going to be resolved on the next uh, once the last person finishes up what they've got going on. I'm hoping they'll get to that soon. Uh, as I'll mostly be able to play this game while. 
you know, while I'm not asleep. <laughs> uh, bus really hasn't gotten off the first player in it. Uh, they haven't taken their turn, so I'm still waiting for that person to come back and uh, play play the game. Uh, it's kind of annoying, but. It, it, it was bound to happen, and I knew it, it might, where I'd create a game, people would join it, and then kind of wouldn't see them for a while. So I haven't had a chance to use much of the bus interface, though. Uh, it looks okay. It looks just like the board game. Uh, if the pictures of the board game um, are any indication, it looks like it might be a little bit easier uh, to know where the houses, businesses, and computers are, but not entirely sure on that until I actually get to uh, playing it. So we'll have to see how that goes. I might have to let you know in a uh, recap or something uh, at a later date. Hacienda, I'm in two Hacienda games, a five-player and a four-player. Uh, one's on a map variant. Uh, and the others on the normal map. Um, playing pretty well. Uh, you can buy your animals, buy the land, place the animals, place the land. Everything is set up for you. When you click on it, it tells you where you can place it. So no no mistakes there. Uh, hoity-toity. Getting into the hoity-toity game. Uh, right now, we're still waiting on a player to choose whether they're in the uh, auction house or in the castle. I don't know how many people go to the castle on their first turn, but eh, hey. Uh, Reef Encounter, as I said, I haven't been able to start the game yet, though you can play with two players. Better experience with three or four. To call, to call, I missed part of the interface to get treasures on the first turn. Uh, I'd moved two explorers to a treasure space and uh, didn't notice how I was supposed to get the treasure. Um, the icons were up in the upper right of the interface, and I just didn't see them. And so some other people went in and snagged the treasure. I was able to get some treasure the next turn, but uh, that kind of worked against me, and I was kind of annoyed because um, I really thought I had... Uh, I, uh, I couldn't find the interface. I thought maybe it did it automatically or something. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but <laughs> it uh, I, I couldn't figure out how to take the treasure. I thought I maybe misread the rules because I hadn't actually played to call before. So, uh, but on turn two, I figured it out and uh, got it worked out. So that was kind of egg on my face. It makes me look like a newbie, but hey, I'm a newbie. Uh, I'll probably play these games again and then give up a, like I said, maybe a follow-up report on how I did on them, or maybe I'll just post that to the blog. But again, interface really nice, and the and the, 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 the hexes right out of the game. A little bit, uh, you know, obviously you can't see the, the, the temple's building uh, like you see in the normal Takala game. There's just a number on the top of them, which is not as fun. Again, as I said, uh, playing online is when you don't have another option <laughs> not uh not as your first way of playing games i mean i'd play all these games in real life if i had the time um or if i didn't have a newborn 
who uh, doesn't like Daddy going and uh, leaving him alone, or much at all, other than going to work. So, and the last game is Wallenstein. Now, Wallenstein, right now, I'm in a a pretty good game that's moving pretty quickly. I found that to be uh, very nice. Uh, I've noticed that uh, whoever I'm playing with just really... They, um... They're playing quickly, and, and I I appreciate that. Uh, because otherwise I, um... <laughs> I don't know if we'd ever get through a game of Wallenstein. I know Wallenstein in, in regular gameplay takes uh, just takes hours. I think uh, what is it, two to three hours or something on the box. Uh, the biggest disappointment with playing Wallenstein online is the whole tower thing. That's that's. Uh, I mean, some people might call it gimmicky, but um it, it really uh, it really isn't i i mean it uh it, it, it's kind of that the, the the part of the game that makes it uh makes it interesting the whole whether or not your armies fall out uh for example the last one I played, I moved three armies in, but I had attacked and been attacked before, and not all of mine had come out of the uh, uh, come out of the tower, and five came out. <laughs> so uh, I uh, I was really kind of happy about that. That was that was really really nice that uh, that that happened. So so I've been playing that one a long along the way and building up my forces and so on and so forth so I'm waiting to see how that uh, comes out in the end uh, I've, I've always wanted to play Wallenstein ever since I saw the little tower so finally got to play it um, and again in, the interface for Wallenstein I found to be a little bit confusing only because you've got some of the actions up at the top you've got a little player summary, you have a province summary, you have your action summary, you have the events showing, you have the action cards showing, then you have the map that shows the overview, and I know they need all of those things showing at once, uh, but they don't all fit on the screen, no matter what your resolution is. So, there's a lot of scrolling up and down, going, okay, where's that province, and then you decide to do something for that province, and you go up and you to the action, and you click uh, you click OK, I'm ready with my actions, and it goes, oh, you have a duplicate, so you're like, oh, where did I duplicate? Oh, OK, i got to change this strategy. So it's a little bit uh, difficult to do. I, I wouldn't have minded had they put the interface for doing your actions next to the map. Uh, I, I don't know if that would have been better, um, though uh, it's not marked on the map what the grain and gold is of each province, so they'd have to do something like that. It's just the armies that show up there, so... And, I mean, there's a mouse over that tells you the grain and gold of each area, so... It might have been nice had there been a way to, uh... uh to have the actions down by the map as opposed to on the top for Wallenstein. Um... 
but it works out. Um, I haven't had too much trouble playing the game. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, the game's pretty easy to click on drawing a card or, you know, picking up whatever it is. Um, back to Hacienda because uh just happened to click over that, hey, take your turn. Um, the games uh, seem to be moving rather quickly when everybody is uh, paying attention. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, uh, especially since... Uh, I'm visiting my in-laws tonight, and I won't have a computer to check on uh, being able to take my turn, though I might uh, might bring out my laptop and quickly see if I you know, need to take some turns tonight. And I'm sure it's going to be the same way for everybody. And uh, the, the one thing I, I noticed that some of the other games try to do with the play-by-email, um, I haven't reviewed any on the podcast yet, but some of the other ones try to take into account your time zone so that you know when someone might be asleep. Uh, and Spiel-by-Web doesn't, doesn't have anything uh, that I know of that tries to say this person's in this time zone, this person's in this time zone. You can look it up on their profile, I'm pretty sure. Let me just click on somebody now that I'm thinking about that to see whether or not you can see their time zone because because that becomes very useful to know why isn't this person playing. Uh, people have put in uh, where they live in some cases, um, but I don't see time zone this one person says they're from New Jersey. Uh, I think that's what NJ stands for. So, meaning that they are in the Eastern Time Zone. So, uh, which as, as I I am as well, which means that they uh, are not asleep. That's what I'm wondering about the person in bus is whether or not they're in a time zone that they're either at work or they're uh, asleep. Which is entirely possible, and there's nothing, there's nothing here indicating uh, where this person is from or time zone. I think that would be really useful if they had, um, if they had some kind of time zone set up so that you knew, hey, why isn't this person been taking their taking their turn? And it's because they, um, they're asleep or they're at work, or something like that. I mean, obviously, people can work first, second, third shift, whatever. They can work any time during the day. But um, it's one of those things that would be useful. And like I said, in some other games, it... And sometimes games are... are, specified that we only want eastern time zone and i think they can do that on spiel by web by password protecting a game posting in the forums or something like that saying hey we want everybody in the same time zone so everybody is taking a break at the same time there's a there's a link that says going away to set yourself on vacation and uh this is a, a status indicator so that you will um not get email messages, your opponents will get notified, and you won't be dropped from a game. However, uh, you know, in some cases, uh, there are going to be some people in the game that are going to be like, well, wait a second, you know, you're going to be gone for two weeks. Um, so it's probably not the best practice to, uh, 
uh, not the best practice to go on vacation too often. Anyways, um, there are four more games that are coming to Spiel by Web. Uh, in testing, they list La Cita and Santiago, both of which uh, would benefit from the Spiel by Web, uh, the play-by-email type situation. Santiago I've played before, uh, and, and definitely I can see that working very well in a... Uh, play by email. And they have two in development, Kalus and El Grande. I talked about Kalus on Brett Spielvelt last week, and there has been some discussion about uh, doing games that are available elsewhere, but uh, there's a very big difference between playing a game interactively and playing a game by email through something like the Spiel by Web interface. Uh, and I think that that has to be taken into account when someone says, well, why are you making a game that's already somewhere else? Well, K-Loose is on Brett Spielvelt, but you have to get other players uh, on at the same time, and you have to stay or stick around. Whereas uh, in a play-by-email version, that's not entirely necessary. Uh, K-Loose has some... Uh, spots where there's the, the decision-making of whether you take this or that, um, but there there's a lot that can, you know, just run by quickly. Uh, skip you if you can't do it, just like uh, the uh, version on Brett Spielveld, but then when it comes to your turn, go, hey, it's your turn, and fire you off the email and such. I can see a lot of games being available uh, through the Spiel by Web interface. Uh, a lot of board games do lend themselves to the you're not doing much if it's not your turn aspect. Uh, I know one of the games that they're probably not going to be able to do, but I've heard from many people that would be would benefit greatly from a play-by-email is World of Warcraft, the board game, because there really isn't anything you can do when it's not your turn. Uh, and opponents' turns can take 15 minutes. So instead of twiddling your thumbs, waiting for someone else to do all of their moves, you're, you know, doing whatever you do, and then you, oh, there's an email or whatnot, and, you, and then you play your turn for 15 minutes. So I can see uh, something like that greatly benefiting. I've heard uh, Twilight Imperium thrown out, and I'm not sure because of the combat aspect how that would work out. Um, but in that kind of vein where there's a lot of things going on on one person's turn and very little interaction with other players except for maybe a combat, but if combat can be resolved without uh, your the, the opponent actually interacting in any way. Sometimes it's there's defending forces you attack. Dice is rolled on both sides. In the case of when you're playing it for real, both sides, you know, your opponent rolls the dice. In the case of being on the computer, neither side is rolling dice. The computer rolls the dice. So it can roll the dice for the opponent as well as the attacker. And there's the resolution. Uh, similar to how they put it in Wallenstein where they put the things in the tower and you... and the, the opponents 
uh, tokens get put in the tower, and then the blocks come out and you see who wins. Uh, it doesn't require the opponent to participate in any way, so in that case, I can see where it may work. I think there are... The, uh, and I haven't played the third edition of Twilight Imperium, so if someone's listening and I'm wrong, feedback, kdevine at yahoo.com, or post a comment at onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com and tell me I'm wrong, but I think there's some kind of cards or abilities or something that you can or cannot. You know, it's a choice whether you apply them. And I know in some of the Spiel by Webs, for instance, in Wallenstein, you can decide whether you're defending with your full troops or not. And in the Spiel by Web version, you just defend with all of your troops, period. There's no option. Most people do do that, but I guess there's a strategy to not doing that. So you don't get all of your forces stuck in the tower or something like that. But um, I can see them going, well, in this you have to you use all of your special powers that would help you or whatnot just to make the game move faster. So I, I, I can see them doing a lot of implementations. I know there's... Uh, a lot of people in there, and people will always ask for a lot of games. They want to see their favorite game online. Um, I've heard Raw thrown out, but Raw is one of those games that takes about half an hour. And finding people on Brett Spielveld to play Raw is not very hard. Game doesn't really take that long. Finding people to play Kate Loose and having the hour, hour and a half it takes to play that game more difficult. So I can see that being put on the uh, Spiel by Web list. So, all in all, Spiel by Web, uh, one of the only places you can find some of these games. I don't think Reef Encounters actually anywhere else uh, that I know of. I don't know. I don't think it's on the Spiel by... or the, um, sorry, the uh, Brett Spielwelt list. Though they have Piranha Pedro. Um... I'm not sure what the German name for Reef Encounter was, so I can't be sure it's not there. But um, just quickly checking the list I have. No, I don't see it. And they have a lot of games that uh, that nobody else has. I don't see anybody else with uh, uh, Amon Ray uh, or... Even to call, though I think Brett Spielwelt has to call, if I remember correctly. Again, I'm looking at a huge list I have of every game that's on each site, and it's hard to run through them all. So, no, I don't see to call either. Well, um, so most of their games are pretty, pretty unique to them. Uh, I think Kalus might be one of the few that's going to overlap with somebody with uh, with Brett Spielwelt, which is which is quite good, I think. Oh, here here's a hacienda that someone else offers, though I think it's just against the computer as opposed to against other people. So, yeah, I'm flipping through and I see nothing. Uh, it's entirely possible it's available on the Vassal engine. The Vassal engine has something like 
I don't know, 15, no, 22 pages of modules on my list. But, um, which can be done play by email, uh, or is, I think is done play by email, though I'm not, I'm not entirely positive about that on the Vassal Engine. I haven't had enough of a chance to play it all to really determine, uh, how the play by email works. Uh, in the Vassal Engine. But so far I'm not seeing... Uh, that's War Games. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's pretty much getting to the end of this list and not seeing uh, most of the games they've got. In fact, any of the games they've got. So... Pretty much looks like they've got uh, they've got a lock on a few of those games. It's being the only place you can play them online, which is which is uh, which is good for them, um, and it's good for it's good for everybody else. If there are twenty sites that are all offering uh, to call or Reef Encounter or Hoity Toity or whatever, then it's going to be a lot harder to find players for them. Because people are going to be split. There are going to be people that are going to go to Brett Spiel Wealth. There are going to be people going to Spiel by Web. There will be people going all over the place to find the games. And if you're the only one that has the game available, then the only place they can go is to you. It's actually one of the problems with some of the places that do online collectible card games. There are a lot of them out there. And... Unless you're the official one, uh, it's really hard to to get players. Um, I know one of the places I'll be reviewing uh, in in a couple weeks is the CCG Workshop in their Gatling engine, and they are the official um, place to play Doom Trooper online, which was a car uh, collectible card game based on the Mutant Chronicles uh, role playing setting. And that's where you can play Doom Trooper, and it gets played a lot there because that's that was a, it was official. Um, I think Imagination they also had uh, permission from Two I I think made Imagination to put Imagination up online, and there's a big community for that. Uh, same thing with Rage and and a few other games. They're they're the only place. Uh, well, they're the official place, and there are some other um, CCG uh, engines or uh, programs that let you play those, but as it is the most official one, uh, that's where the players mostly go. I know there are some that... Uh, are going to uh, card table or lackey CCG, but um, in some cases those are just not the same as the official. It's, uh, for example, if you could play the the Magic Online through Wizards of the Coast, Magic Online, or Magic Online through some third party who you know cobbled together a program. Well, you're going to play it from Wizards of the Coast. You're going to play the official one because you know they have the support of the company that made the game, uh, and they're they're getting 
the best information. They, the rules, uh, if there's a rules question, someone authoritative will take the rules question. And that happens with, uh, oh, for example, with Doom Trooper over at the CCG workshop. While Brian Winter, the guy who made it, didn't, uh, doesn't post on there, uh, the, the guy who supports the game uh, goes by uh, Nipa, N-I-P-A. He knows more about Doom Trooper than I think even Brian Winter does. Uh, <laughs> so, you ask a question and the answer, uh, things get answered. So, um, that that's all I have to say about overlapping. And I, you know, got off on a tangent. It's the end of the show and uh, didn't mean to do that. Uh, but uh, stay tuned. I'm going to do another part of my Brett Spielwelt uh pieces and I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be reviewing I think I'm going to review their San Juan implementation if anybody will play me uh, I don't think I'm on a, at a good time for most of the Germans I think they're all what are they six hours yeah they're it's, it's like midnight so <laughs> they're all asleep and uh, San Juan and Niagara, because I want to play their implementation of the Spiel des Jahres winner in 2005, and see how that plays. And I hope you return next week. Next week, uh, I'm going to review, I'm hoping to review Jacques Verlag. It's all German, so it might take me a little while. They have two games online that I I've never heard of, and hopefully I can find the rules in English, otherwise there'll be, <laughs> I won't be playing them very long. Um, if that doesn't work out, then I'm probably going to review Ludogora. Uh, Ludogora has some games that I've actually played, uh, Through the Desert, Crazy Circus, and Vinci. I've played all of those, and a couple I haven't, uh, Hare and Tortoise, Medina, Set, and Kefir... Kefarnum, or however you say that. So I might play those instead if I can't get Zach Verlog to work for me. So hope you tune in next week, and um, I'm sorry for the delay in getting some of these out. Um, I'm doing a lot of pre- and post-production, so they're taking a little bit longer than I thought to get out, and I'm recording a bunch of them ahead of time, but... As you know, with last week's show, that didn't come out until Friday, and uh, and I said it was going to come out on Monday, Um, and this show really uh, is actually going to follow it up quite quickly as I I recorded it uh, early. Um, So hopefully I'll be able to record the next one uh, early as well, instead of uh, kind of waiting to the last minute and then having post-production problems like I did with the... Uh, last week's show, where Audacity just destroyed my audio file and I had to re-record um, entire sections and edit and use an Audacity recovery utility, and ah, it was it was not so much fun. Anyways, I will um, I'll well, I'll send you over to my uh, Brett Spielwelt review. All games considered promo. Take one. Carol, you max out on charisma while Chris and I play a drop of Nelson's blood. Wait, what's this in the script about a Monty Python ripoff? Mark, haven't these been done already? Well, we need some kind of gimmick. We don't need a gimmick. We just need to tell people that All Games Considered is a podcast about tabletop gaming. Gamers... And gamer culture. (sighs) 
gamer culture. Just go with it. Yeah. We talk about board games, role-playing games, ways to improve your game. Might even help you save a little cash with cheap gaming tips. And other little-known games people may want to try. And we can always point out neat conventions to go to. Good. Good. Keep going. And I suppose they can find that information along with the RSS feeds, Frapper Map and Forum links, and show notes on allgamesconsidered.blogspot.com. And... We're part of PEN's Gaming Podcast Network and Goblin, the Gaming Broadcast Network. Right, but how do we work the Mythic Hero's journey into that? Uh, ugh, never mind. Just listen to the show. Also, this is part two of the Brett Spielwelt, um, and I'd hoped to review Niagara, but um, for some reason I just couldn't get a game of that in. Either I got there when they were all full, and I just couldn't get in the game. But I did get in three other games that are available on Brett Spielwelt, and they were Transamerica, San Juan, and... Carcassonne. So, I guess I'll talk about those. Where's Carcassonne? Where's... Oh, there it is. Okay. First game I got was uh, the game of Carcassonne. Uh, Pretty easy to get a game of Carcassonne. You just start one if they're all full and... um, there's something called a game wish that gets sent out, and people can set their clients somehow to uh, get messages when certain games are start are are created, in case they're on the lookout for them. Uh, I'm sure it's in the instructions somewhere, uh, but as most of the instructions are in German, and I don't read German or speak German, uh, I found it obviously it's it's a German program, so I don't fault them for that. Um, but it'd be nice if there was uh, a little bit more translation into the other languages, uh, because even if I was a French-only speaker or uh, Italian-only or something like that, I think I'd also find it difficult to use the system. Um, I'm not just being an arrogant American going, I'm not learning other languages. I mean, I know some of the words in German, but... The instructions for how to use a lot of the features of Brett Spielwelt are all in German. Uh, the wiki has some English sections, but they're they're maybe the game list or something. They're not as complete, and maybe I just can't find what I'm looking for to find some of the the commands. And I think Emerald City dot BSW Cities or something like that is an English version. But again, I'm digressing on how I don't like the interface to Brett Spielwelt. Anyways, these three games. Uh, Carcassonne, San Juan, Transamerica. Played Carcassonne first, uh, the regular version. None of the the expansions. Not even the river. So it starts off, and uh, you basically see the piece on the right-hand side. You can rotate it over there. There's some arrows. And then you click where you want to put it. Uh, That doesn't have any outlines of valid locations based on when you how you turn it, which I thought was kind of, uh, it's something I'm getting used to from other games, is that they kind of tell you where the valid uh, options are. Uh, So that's one of the things that I thought could be done better, is that it would tell you where you could put the piece, but it won't let you put the piece in a spot that doesn't fit, but... um, it does make it a little difficult near the end game. But again, it, if you have those squares in there, 
that tell you where it's valid to place it. It actually is a helper to someone, so I can see it going both ways. One person saying, well, in real life, you don't have boxes telling you where, where a valid location is, so why should you have it on the computer version? Um, so I can see the argument in both ways. Um, and uh, played it out. Not too difficult. Uh, once you place the piece, it gave you um, the different... Uh, it gave you these little white boxes that indicated where you could put your meeple. Uh, on the road or the farmer, yada, yada, yada. I, I won that game. I think I was playing against somebody who didn't believe in farmers, uh, which is how I ended up winning the game, as my farmers uh, scored me something like 20 points, and uh, he didn't have any farmers. Mind you, I also lost out on an abbey because of that. Um, I, I drew an abbey, and I had no meeples, so put it down without anybody in it. Uh, which, as many people know, that's the easiest way to score points, is, is an abbey. An abbey without a meeple is just a tragedy. But that played uh, pretty quickly. The scoring all automatic. Um, we had a nice 54-point city or something like that. It was, it was an enormous city. Um, I've seen larger ones, but uh, usually that was with expansions, and uh, this is the largest one I've seen in the base game. Uh, sure, if somebody wants to send in uh, com or comment over at uh, onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com about your largest Carcassonne city off of the base set. I'm not talking about, you know, 9,000 tile Carcassonne. I'm talking about out of the base set. <laughs> Or you got more than 54 points off of a city, let me know. And uh, interestingly enough, it ended up, we connected up, uh, and I had two meeples and he had two meeples, so we both got the points for it. So it ended up being kind of a whoop-de-doo big deal uh, kind of city because it was only a two-player Carcassonne game. I kind of wanted to play with more, but it seems like a like two-player Carcassonne is really popular on Brett Spielwelt. Uh, out of the six games that were being played of Carcassonne, I think five of them were two-player games. Well, say la vie. Uh, next, I played San Juan. Again, a two-player game. Uh, again, would have preferred three or four, but uh, I joined somebody's game, and they started right as... Um, Right as soon as I got there, they were like, boom, two players, let's go. Um, ended up losing really badly. Uh, I went with a with a strategy of using markets, and unfortunately I never got the trading post early enough in the game, so it just, it, it, it just didn't work out for me. Uh, I think my opponent won by 10 points or something like that. Uh, they they didn't go the production route. They went uh, quarry and um, something else. Whenever you play a purple building, you get a card. I uh, can't remember the name of the building. And they went that route. They were able to put out some of the victory buildings, uh, statue or uh, something like that, so they just crushed me. But interface is pretty easy. Uh, I, I found it a little bit uh, difficult trying to figure out where to click on certain things uh, when you needed to produce there were check marks that appeared in the lower right hand corner and that indicated how much you could produce when you needed to pay for things these X's would appear there when you were selling the X's would appear showing how many you could sell 
and you had to click when you were doing the resources. You had to click on the resource. It was a picture of tobacco or a picture of sugar or a picture of indigo, and a little confusing for a beginner. But once you once you play it a few times, it's 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 not so bad. But just one of those things. And the the other thing that I found in in almost all of Brett Spielwelt games is it seems like all of the games were made to work at 640 by 480. Uh, so the resolution, uh, anything that actually has words on it, seems like it's uh, it's zoomed in. It's very blocky. It it doesn't. It's it's not true type fonts. If, if you wanna, if you want that. Uh, and I've seen um, to to compare it to another system, uh, the CCG Workshops Gatling Engine. Uh, works with fonts in a different way instead of having a base font and it either zooms in or zooms out it actually changes the font size dynamically depending on how big the card is uh, it makes it look kind of weird because in a lot of cases the text uh, looks a lot smoother than the card because the card is a scan of a certain size and if it gets blown up uh, it starts to get distorted, whereas the text stays um, stays clean. Looks like the text is overlaid on the card, which in in that in that instance it actually is. Uh, most of those cards are templated over the CCG Workshop, so they layer the pictures on top of each other. It saves a lot of uh, bandwidth. But I digressing. I'm just uh, I just mentioned that because of the whole font thing. So if you're looking at something that's written it'll sometimes look very distorted uh as i was trying to remember uh what certain buildings did on the mouse over it'll tell you but the like i said the text is is a little distorted a little hard to read but uh if you've played the game enough you um you'll be able to figure it out because you know the smithy does it reduces the the cost of production buildings, and so on and so forth. So if you've played the game enough, you know that it's, it's the smithy. Uh, I know what he does. It's the quarry. I know what that does. It's the uh, prefecture. I know what that does. It's the library. Yada, yada, yada. So that was not bad. I would have preferred to see how it played out with more players, but uh, the more interesting game, the most interesting one I played, um, was uh, Transamerica. I haven't played Transamerica in about... Oh, four years. I think the last time I played it was at Origins. Just sat down and a couple of people got together and started playing Transamerica and played it for for a long time. And uh, I haven't tried the new Trans Europa. I can't see it being much different. I mean, Transamerica's uh, it connect cities <laughs> with, with lines. Uh, it's nothing complicated, but uh, played it online, went very fast. We played with six players, maximum maximum players. Um, I didn't come in last, <laughs> but I definitely didn't come in first. Uh, one of the guys during the last round, he managed to complete before, and I think I was five spaces away, or four, or something like that, and I thought, oh man, I'm really going to get, I'm really going to get dinged here, but there were people that were 
eight, nine spaces away from completing. I mean, he just, or he or she just completed so early. I mean, at least two or three turns and the rest of us expected uh, someone to end the game on. And he had won the previous round, too, so he, he, I think he won with 11 points. And when you start with 13, that's just, that's just nuts. Um, I think I ended the game with four, five, something like that, which I thought wasn't bad. Normally I'm in the negatives. <laughs> I've played some of Transib, which is a downloadable version of Transamerica. You can play against the computer. So I, uh... I had actually honed my skills a little bit, so I definitely didn't come in last. But uh, uh, that one probably one of the best implementations I've seen. Um, you just click on the lines where you want to create them, and as soon as you've placed your two uh, or or placed one on the red, boom, next player goes. And we probably played the three rounds in ten minutes. And so... Um, like I said, uh, the Carcassonne game, it doesn't put squares to tell you where you can play the tile, but it, but if you're a true to the board game conversion, you don't get that in the board game either, so that's something in the interface. Uh, San Juan, hard to read the text. Uh, does uh, Mine was in English, so I don't know if it has to do with it trying to pull the English or what, uh, but... Not not too bad, no errors, no nothing causing a problem. Uh, but honestly, uh, I, uh, if I were to go back to Brett Spielwelt and play uh, uh, any of these three games, it would be Transamerica first and foremost. Uh, that's the one that I had the most fun with. Uh, maybe a San Juan game or a Carcassonne game where there are more than two players, but it seems like, uh, like I said, maybe it was the time of the day, but Everybody wanted to play two-player, and uh, I don't find two-player games of these uh, of these types that fun. Abstract games, you know, two players is fine. I'm not playing four-player chess, but <laughs> and I've seen that variant. Uh, but so highly recommend Transamerica on Brett Spielwelt. Uh, lots of fun. And the players didn't even speak English that I know of. Uh, at least it wasn't their first language. I think most of them were German. And it didn't really matter. I mean, the game is such a simple game, and it was very fast played, very smoothly, very quickly, and uh, wasn't too hard. You have to fill out your lines at the end of each round to say how far away you are. Uh, I think you could actually screw up and click yourself and, and actually have a, a higher total uh, uh, the the computer game, the one you can download, automatically figures that out. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Again, it's simulating the board game. So that's my review uh, this week with Brit Svealt, uh, San Juan, Transamerica, Carcassonne. Okay, well, I will uh, see you all next week where I'll be talking about Zoc Verlag and... Uh, since there are, those were very, two very simple games, I think I'm also going to review Ludogora. We hope you enjoyed today's online gaming podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please go to onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com or email kdivine at yahoo.com.